Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Elite Titans podcast. I am your host, known Twitter scoundrel, the Canadian Titan, Ethan Jordan, and we have a jam-packed show today. So we're just going to jump right into talking about the Tennessee Titans' 21-17 victory over the Washington Commanders. Now, normally, we would start off by talking about some of the good players before jumping into the bad players. But like I said, it's a jam-packed show, so we're going to do things a little bit differently. We're going to start with the negatives. This is normally an optimistic podcast, and I think you'll see why in a little bit why we're starting with the negatives. So first and foremost, you have to start with the one player who at the very start of the game showed us he does not belong on the field. Dennis Daly, left tackle that we acquired from the Carolina Panthers for a fifth round pick, got his ass handed to him multiple times on Sunday. Whether it was Montez Sweat running around him, Montez, Montez Sweat running through him, or just looking like an overall buffoon, Dennis Daly is hurting the Tennessee Titans. Now, I know that when Taylor Lewan went down against the Buffalo Bills in Week 2, we kind of had low expectations. It's not the first time Lewan has went down for the season, and it's not the first time we've had to rely on a backup quality left tackle for the entire season. But Dennis Daly is a special breed of awful. I've seen some Titans creators suggest that he's not that bad, that he is a serviceable backup level left tackle, and maybe that's true. But the fact that we choose, the Titans choose, to keep rolling out Dennis Daly, despite the fact that he never seems to do anything good, he's either passable or he's atrocious, and he was atrocious on Sunday. For whatever reason, we continue to trot him out there on Ryan Tannehill's blind side and pray to God that Ryan Tannehill survives. I don't know why we do it. I don't know why, why after so many years, we continue to have problems on the offensive line. Now, I have nothing but faith in Mike Vrabel, Keith Carter, John Robinson to put out a quality quality roster every single year but it just kind of reaches a point where it's how is this the best that we have how is Dylan Radins not the left tackle now that Taylor Lewan is gone for the season sure he might be bad maybe Dylan Radins is terrible but at least we could see what we have for the future, because that's what Dylan Radins was supposed to be, a tackle for the future. At least we'd be able to see that if we put him out at left tackle. What we have with Dennis Daly is just an embarrassment, week in and week out. From getting absolutely dummied by Daiwa Dangbo against the Indianapolis Colts, to getting embarrassed by Montez Sweat each and every down. Dennis Daly sucks. He sucks so bad. Oh my God, does he suck. But enough Dennis Daly. I could bitch about Dennis Daly for 34 minutes because he's just so unbelievably terrible. 
And for some reason, I'm going to get into another rant about pro football focus, PFF. I know I will. And we'll talk about that when we actually talk about some of the good players. But PFF was way too generous to Dennis Daly. Dennis Daly was the worst, worst offensive lineman in the game on Sunday. But he was not graded as the worst offensive lineman. God, I hate PFF. And I'm starting to hate Dennis Daly. But let's move on to another player. Another player who did not perform very well. And this one hurts me because I've believed in this player ever since we drafted him. And I believed that the Titans knew what they were doing when they drafted him. And that's Caleb Farley. Caleb Farley got burned on his only target to Daimi Brown, a fourth or third round pick from last year's draft, who's done a whole shit ton of nothing for the Washington Commanders. He got burned on a 75-yard touchdown pass, and that sucks. It seems like each and every game that Mike Vrabel gives Caleb Farley an opportunity that he just kind of shits the bed, whether it's not knowing where he's supposed to be to getting dusted in coverage, Caleb Farley has underwhelmed to say the least. But before I go onto a shitting on Caleb Farley spree, there's something that I have to remember and I hope that each and every listener, the tens of millions of you, listen to and remember. Caleb Farley has not played a lot of corner in his lifetime. In fact, the Titans knew this when they drafted him, that he had only played about a year of corner for his entire career. That drafting Caleb Farley meant developing an athlete, a freak athlete at the position. He was not ready to come in and play. And then he tore his ACL very early last season, and he's been working back from that ever since. Now, Sunday represented what I believe to be actually a bit of growth from Caleb Farley. Yes, he got burned, and you do not want to see that ever, especially for a guy like Farley who has had mishap after mishap after mishap. Cornerbacks are all about confidence, and I can't imagine Caleb Farley's confidence is very good right now. But the thing that gave me encouragement, at least compared to what we've seen the rest of the season, is Caleb Farley was in position. He did get dusted, yes, and Daimi Brown's not particularly fast. And Caleb Farley's closing speed is supposed to be one of his greatest attributes. But Caleb Farley was in position not only to make a play on the receiver, but like he was there. He turned... While backpedaling, his transition from a backpedal to a full sprint was not perfect. You can tell by watching the tape, Caleb Farley does not trust his surgically repaired knee. Or he has not learned how to trust it or learned how to explode off of it. There is a clear hesitation. And that, in my opinion, is the main culprit for that blown touchdown. 
Now, this is not some sort of excuse for him. This doesn't absolve Caleb Farley of giving up the play. You cannot let a receiver get behind you, especially when you're man-to-man with no safety help. But I'm choosing optimistically, because that's who I am as an elite Titans fan, I'm choosing to believe that despite getting dusted, we've seen some growth. He clearly, Caleb Farley clearly took direction from Kevin Byard on that play and just mistimed his transition, and it cost him. You hate to see it, but these are the sort of bumps and bruises that Caleb Farley and any real young rookie player are going to have to go through and be allowed to go through in order to grow and develop in the NFL. That's what the NFL is now. You put out your young players, you let them try, you let them fail, and you let them get better. So despite showing up on the negative report and only playing, I believe, nine snaps, I'm somewhat optimistic about Caleb Farley. And the third player who I have to discuss as a negative, and this is for a much more selfish reason, But it's Robert Woods. Robert Woods has been all right. He's been decent, and he's been our best wide receiver ever since the start of the season. He came back off his torn ACL a lot faster than anyone expected, and although he's clearly still not 100%, he's giving it his all each and every week on Sundays. What more can you ask for? Well... How about you catch the fucking ball, you son of a bitch? I mean that respectfully, but I lost a parlay where Ryan Tannehill just needed over 200 yards, and I can think of two drops by Robert Woods that might have made the difference. So this is me selfishly. Just catch the ball, you bastard. Robert Woods has been solid for the Titans, but I, uh, man, uh, it was a rough week, a rough weekend for your boy when it came to bets, but that's not what this is about. So those three players, Dennis Goddamn Daly, Caleb Farley, and Robert Woods were the bad players on Sunday. And despite what Titans Twitter would have you believe, I really think that was it when it came to the bad players. I mean, sure, Aaron Aaron Brewer got blown up again on the offensive line, and Jeff Swaim did a whole shit ton of nothing, but I'm not particularly upset with them, especially when you factor in all of the injuries that the Titans have had to deal with throughout this season. Nate Davis didn't play. Bud Dupree, Ola Adaini didn't play. Obviously, Taylor Lewan out for the season. The Titans are once again heading towards being the most injured team in the league. And they came away with a 21-17 victory. How did they do that, you ask? Well, let's talk about a few of the players who excelled and showed their badassery en route to a victory. First and foremost, you have to start with the king, the return of the king once again. Derrick Henry balled out. 
this man, I don't know what it is or, or what gods all of us prayed to that granted the wish of Derrick Henry being able to catch the ball. But Derrick Henry catching the ball is a beautiful thing. He had a screen pass that busted open for 24 yards, and that's, that's his bread and butter. But a, there was a six-yard out route throw and catch that was nothing special for your average running back. But Derrick Henry snatched that thing out of the air in relatively tight coverage. I mean, if Derrick Henry can do that even somewhat regularly and we can continue to throw him the ball somewhat reliably, I think it's going to open an absolutely new door for the Titans offense that is going to become a a, a, a threat to opposing defenses. Derrick Henry in open space? Give me that all day. And if linebackers have to account for him in the passing game, That's just going to open up doors for Ryan Tannehill to scramble and run the ball. This is all great things for the Titans. So Derrick Henry finished uh, 28 carries for 102 yards and two touchdowns. Now that's only a 3.6 average yards per carry. But I feel like there were a lot of plays blown up in the backfield behind this absolute dog shit offensive line that's been patched together through a bunch of random people. But Derrick Henry still did fine. He did better than fine, better than his stats suggest. I distinctly remember one occasion where Derrick Henry on a crucial down where he had to get one yard, or was it two yards, to convert or else the Titans would be turning the ball over. Derrick Henry was contacted in the backfield and through intense individual effort, got the first down. The King is back. And I know that Titans fans, or at least some Titans fans, have been believing that ever since he suited up against the Giants. But it just feels so good, especially after a really tough offseason, to still have King Henry in our corner. I was not done watching him be the best running back in the league. So I'm very thankful that in 2022, we get to enjoy another season of King doing King shit. Another player I have to mention, Jeffrey Simmons. Jeffrey Simmons has become the Derrick Henry of the defense. Now, some of you might say, well, he was fantastic last year. He got snubbed for a first-team All-Pro and the Pro Bowl and so on and so forth. And you're right about that. But the thing that makes Jeffrey Simmons so amazing, or at least to me, is just like Derrick Henry, you know as an opposing team, we have to worry about this one guy. We have to double-team or triple-team this one big motherfucker or he's going to fuck our shit up. And that's exactly what the Washington Commanders tried to do. They tried to take Jeffrey Simmons out of the game. And you know what Jeffrey Simmons did? He pushed the that third-string center to the side. He pushed those guards out of his way and he said, Carson Wentz, 
I'm going to get your bitch ass. That's exactly what he did. Multiple sacks on the day and a beautiful, beautiful tackle on, I think it was who, Curtis Samuel or or it might have been Curtis Samuel on a play where Kevin Byard misses a tackle. David Long misses a tackle. Everybody and their mother misses a tackle. Jeffrey Simmons laced up his bootstraps, got in a sprinter stance, and said, you know what? I'm going to chase that bitch down. I'm going to run 25 yards down the field after rushing the passer and make the tackle a huge tackle on, God, it's Curtis Samuel or Terry McFlorin. McFlorin? McLaurin. One of them bitches. Jeffrey Simmons made the tackle. And you might be thinking, well, I mean, like, is that really that impressive? Jeffrey Simmons is like a billion pounds. And he is chasing down receivers. He's got the strength of maybe not Aaron Donald, but like almost Aaron Donald. And the speed and shiftiness of Jarrell Casey. This guy is him. He is a beast. And every single day that the Titans allow him to not be signed long-term just adds another zero to his upcoming massive contract. So Jeffrey Simmons was an absolute badass. Now the third player I'm going to talk about is a player that I'm a huge fan of, but a lot of you guys are not. Or at least a lot of you are split on your opinion when it comes to this player. Now, his stat line was not impressive. In fact, he went 15 of 25, 181 yards, and a touchdown. That's nothing special. And in fact, most fans would probably look at that and say, that's actually really bad. The Titans won in spite of him. But a player who played well, if not well, then great, and has played great for the entire season, is Ryan Tannehill. Now, like I said, his stat line is not impressive. But when you consider the constant duress that he was under, from Dennis Daly being an absolute dog shit left tackle, to the offensive line not being able to pick up stunts, to wide receivers dropping the ball, Ryan Tannehill never gave up. And after the very first play, when he got dummied by Montez Sweat, Ryan Tannehill got his ass up and stared that pressure in the face and continued to throw darts. Throwing a beautiful 60-plus yard completion to Nick Westbrook-Akina. Being wrapped up by Montez Sweat and still being able to throw a quick pass on a crucial third down to Dontrell Hilliard. No, Ryan Tannehill is not Tom Brady, or Aaron Rodgers, or Patrick Mahomes, or Josh Allen. He is not the kind of quarterback who is going to elevate all the players around him to being amazing. But that does not mean that he is trash. I made a tweet a couple of days ago, and it said something to the effect of, I know Titans fans are split. On Ryan Tannehill. On our QB1. But when you have the turnstile offensive line. 
that we had last season and that we seem to have this season. You absolutely have to respect this quarterback for staying upright and providing the Tennessee Titans an opportunity to win game in and game out. I do not understand how any sort of negative play, whether it be a stupid decision or not stepping up in the pocket or not taking off and running just because you as a viewer see a lane for him to run. I don't understand why people just hate the guy so much. Uh, When I posted this on Twitter, I was expecting to get, you know, a little bit of clarity on this, but all I really got was a bunch of people who had already made up their minds that he's not going to lead the Titans to a Super Bowl, and therefore he's trash. He's a bottom 10 QB, or actual tweets that I got in response. That's just bullshit. If you believe Ryan Tannehill is a problem on the Tennessee Titans in 2022, you're probably a fucking idiot. And I mean that with all due respect. I don't think that you you chose to be an idiot. If anything, I'd probably blame your parents for not raising you to not be a fucking idiot. But if you think Ryan Tannehill is a problem on this team, bro, or sis, it's 2022, but check yourself, please. Because I do not know of a single quarterback, and yes, I'm including Brady and Rodgers and even Josh Allen, who would get his ass handed to him the way Ryan Tannehill does and still be able to pull them out of an 0-2 hole and lead them to the top of the AFC South through five weeks. That is not a minor accomplishment. It is not a minor accomplishment to have not missed a start as the Titans quarterback despite getting his ass kicked almost every week. The expectations of Ryan Tannehill are so unbelievably high because of what he did in 2019 taking over and leading the Titans to the AFC Championship game. The expectations are stupid high because this is a team that many people believed heading into the playoffs last year, should be Super Bowl contenders, Super Bowl favorites even. And it all came crashing down through three stupid, stupid interceptions. But I cannot allow fans to let that one bad game color the entire tenure Ryan Tannehill has had with the Titans. He has been the best, arguably the best, because Steve McNair is the GOAT, but he has been one of the best quarterbacks the Titans have ever had. Better than Vince Young, better than Hasselbeck, better than Mettenberger for sure, and better better than Mariota, and I'm a huge Mariota stan. Like, let's give the guy a little bit of respect, especially considering he's got no one to throw to. Traylon Burks is on injured reserve. Nobody's getting open, and for whatever reason, the Tennessee Titans coaching staff has decided, you know what, let's not put out the most explosive receivers on any given play. Let's continue to trot out 
Cody Hollister and Jeff Swaim onto the field and say Ryan Tannehill makes something happen with Dennis Daly's bitch ass protecting him. This is not an ideal situation for a quarterback, and, and I don't see the guy bitching. Guy has a smile on his face every single time the camera goes to him. He keeps the energy up for the team despite all of the adversity. And all he does is his best for a fan base that couldn't give a shit about whether or not he was their quarterback. Blows my mind that there are fans who who not only I don't care if you don't like Ryan Tannehill. I don't care if you want Malik Willis to be the starter, but you should absolutely have respect for what he has done for the Titans, for what he continues to do for the Titans. Ryan Tannehill's the answer at quarterback this year. He's probably the answer at quarterback next year. Get the fuck over it. Holy shit, I'm tired of talking about this. And this brings me to the next thing I want to talk about. Because I started a tiny, tiny little bit of controversy, if you could even call it controversy, today on Titans Twitter, when I tweeted out this, quote, I can't remember the last time I saw people so upset about their team on a three-game winning streak sitting atop their division despite continued record injuries. Titans fans can question certain decisions with the staff and the personnel, but winning feels good, or it should. For whatever reason, Titans Twitter has become a place where optimism is seen as stupidity, and if you are not panicked about Todd Downing sending Cody Hollister out there, you're a fake fan and a homer. Some of you guys take your own misery too seriously and you push it on others. There was other stuff in there, but it doesn't really matter. Guys, what the fuck are we doing? The Titans are 3-2 and two right now after an 0-2 start. An 0-2 start that had so many people talking about a top 5 pick in the draft with national analysts talking about, well, here's the massive fall from grace. I certainly wouldn't have traded a game man. Guys, we're 3-2 and two and leading the AFC South despite all of the injuries. Sure. Maybe you're upset with Todd Downing, who I think actually called a good game given the circumstances. But maybe you're upset with Downing. Maybe you hate the fact that we still run the ball a lot and we're not an air raid offense like the Kansas City Chiefs. I can understand that. I can even respect that despite the fact that I completely disagree with it. But what I cannot support, what I cannot get behind are people who decide to see other fans, Titans fans, being positive, being optimistic, and having hope that through five weeks, or through six weeks, or whatever you want to call it, being the the leaders in the AFC self, looking at that and being like, you know what, I feel pretty good. I'm, I'm all right with this, considering the circumstances. I cannot stand that there are fans out there who decide, you know what, I see you being happy and optimistic, and I've decided, fuck you, you deserve to be miserable like me. And for whatever reason, 
there were a lot of Titans fans who were giving me shit about it. Who who thought I was saying, you have to think the way that I think. That's not the case. I know that not all of you can be elite Titans fans. That's That's me. That's a few of you listeners out there. It takes a certain special breed to be an elite Titans fan. It's not for everyone. But because I'm not miserable, like, I'm miserable. I, I'm aware that our offensive line is booty cheeks. I'm, I'm aware that our offensive weapons are lackluster at this point, especially given the injury to Traylon Burks and Kyle Phillips can't seem to get on the field for more than five snaps at this point. I see that. I see that we're keeping future Hall of Famer Des Fitzpatrick on the sidelines and holding him back so that teams can't see how fantastic he is. I get that. But I'm happy right now at 3-2, and two, especially after how we started. And I'm going to be happy after the bye week when we whoop the Colts bitch ass. And I'm going to be happy after that at 5-2 and two after we beat the Texans heading into Kansas City for Sunday Night Football. And I'm going to be beaming optimism and talking about how the Titans are going to give the Kansas City Chiefs a fight and shock the world as they always seem to do. I'm going to do that. And, and if you have a problem with that, well, go fuck yourself because I'm going to do it anyway. And that was the point of my tweet. Why, why would you want to bring somebody else down because you don't agree with them? There is nothing, nothing that should dictate you feeling like you can say, no, 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 don't be happy that we're on top of the AFC South. Don't be happy that we have the number one third down defense in the NFL. Don't be happy that we have the number one scoring, or I'm sorry, the number one red zone offense in the NFL. All of that is irrelevant because this team sucks. They're a bottom 10 team and they're not winning the Super Bowl. So why are you happy? What kind of bullshit ass misery laden hellhole are you living in that if you're not winning the Super Bowl while there's no point in being happy. Like, what's the fucking point of being a fan at that point? God, forget, I'm done. I'm done talking about this because I could just bitch about it forever. But it is easily the dumbest thing in the world for, for somebody to see somebody else being happy and optimistic and deciding that's not right. Do better if you are one of these shitty-ass fans. Try being an elite Titans fan like me and like so many of our tens of thousands of listeners. It's not really that difficult. Watch, here, I'll give you an example. Let's talk about Dylan Radins. Because Dylan Radins, on short notice after right guard Nate Davis decided his knee hurt too much for him to trot out onto the field against the Washington Commanders, Dylan Radins hopped in. And you know what? He did a good fucking job. Now, I'm not a, an offensive line guru by any means, and I sure as fuck don't pay for the all-22 footage. But from what I saw, Dylan Radins wasn't a problem. 
He wasn't a problem for our offensive line. Now, sure, maybe he wasn't bulldozing Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen and all those other first-round picks that the commanders employ on their defensive line. He wasn't knocking them on their ass, and there were times that Raidens was on his ass. But I don't remember Dylan Raidens getting embarrassed. I don't remember seeing a bust of a second-round pick who, who had no business being on the football field. I saw a guy who trotted out, did what he was told, and did a good enough job to win the game. And that's good. Give me that. Let's get Dylan Raidens out there more. Let him try and get better, and maybe we'll see the player that we wanted when we drafted him last year. That's optimism. That's being an elite Titans fan. And it's very fucking simple. That's going to do it for me today, guys. I have been your host, Ethan Jordan, the Canadian Titan, known Twitter scoundrel. And if you liked this epic fucking episode of the Elite Titans podcast, feel free to rate it five stars and share it with your friends and tell your mother that there's a Canadian who keeps cussing at you and yelling at you through your phone, or whatever audio device you decide to listen to this on, tell them. Hell, report me to the FCC. I don't even know what that is, but report me there and tell them that the Elite Titans podcast is fantastic. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at Canadian underscore Titan, or you can follow the podcast at Elite Titans Pod. I have been your host, the Canadian Titan, and remember... I'm not a homer. I'm just an elite Titans fan. Tighten up. Fuck the haters. We're 3-2 and two atop the AFC South. God damn it. I love this team. Tighten up.